The mass bell tolls in the little church of Kilmore, 10 miles to the south of Wexford town. Here, in the ancient barony of Forth, the tradition of six men singing an unique form of Christmas carol handed down from generation to generation since the early 18th century continues today. Oh, they mean an awful lot, like they were, you know, it is a part of Christmas, I suppose. You see, they wouldn't hear the carols, wouldn't think it'd be Christmas here in Kilmore. So long singing them here. We have seen his star in the east and have come with gifts to adore the Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. On this, the last feast day of our Christmas season, I want again to thank very sincerely the carol singers who have come so faithfully here, year after year, mass after mass, to give glory to God in those wonderful hallowed words of the centuries. These carols go back to the 18th century. These carols have been giving glory to God in our own way, in a way peculiar to our own parish. They have carried on a great tradition. They have carried on a tradition from the bad old days when our religion was in danger, when our forefathers suffered for their fidelity to their faith. The carol singers here should remind us in these lovely carols of that fidelity and should give us a firm purpose of clinging to the faith that has saved our nation and saved our Catholicity and grant that we may pass it on to our children and our children's children so that they may keep it as faithfully as our forefathers kept theirs and handed it down to us with such integrity. God bless you, men.
the Carrolls actually began here with the Father Deverix, who originally was from Our Lady's Island Parish, but he was appointed parish priest of um, Town, which is not very far away from here. And uh, having come back from Spain after ordination, he was very close uh, to the people and the origins and the traditions of the county from which he came, and especially from the district of Our Lady's Island and Town and Dryna. And uh, he composed many of the carols which are being sung today. Canon Gall, pastor of the church in Kilmore. The origins of these carols go back to the days of the 17th century and Luke Wadding, bishop of the Diocese of Ferns. It was he who composed the predecessors of these carols and published them in a book entitled A Pious Garland in Belgium in the year 1684. About 50 years later, the songs of Luke Wadding, which were still being sung in South Wexford, were included in carols composed by Father William Devereux of Dryna, who today is acknowledged as the founder of this carol tradition. Jack Devereux, or Deverix, as this Norman name is pronounced locally, is a fisherman who has been singing the carols for over 50 years, thus maintaining a family tradition going back many generations. Jack can trace his family line back to the 18th century and the composer of the carols, Father William Devereux. Well, I suppose you go back far enough, all the Devereaux stem from the one... They didn't come with the Norman, the first of the Normans in 1169-70, who came across here from Pembroke, in Wales, and from England, and landed here at Bano, just a few miles west of us here. But the Devereaux came straight from Normandy, and uh, their ancestor, they took over a place here then, in a place called Ballymigur, and they lived in Ballymigur up until Cromwell kicked them out. Uh, Cromwell banished a lot of the Norman families from Wexford here, over to the west, to Hell or Connacht. Someone said they'd rather go to Connacht, because if they went to Hell, they'd probably see him there again. And... Uh, with the restoration of the monarchy, they came home, or the descendants came home, to try to get their estates back, but of course that never materialised. But one John Devereux got the tendency of a farm down in a place called the Ring in Tecumption, about eight miles from here. And he had a family. The youngest was William Devereux, he was born in 1695. When, as he grew up, he got the call to the priesthood and he was sent to the continent to study. There were no facilitations here, I suppose, at the time. So he studied on the continent and he was ordained in the Irish College in Salamanca about the year of 1725. So during his studies he lost his health and he was sent home to his father's house to recuperate before being appointed parish priest of a place called Kilmacree about four miles south of Wexford town. So during his uh, convalescence he collected Bishop Wadding's carols which had then ceased to be sung and 
he collected them and he rewrote and revised them and composed others. And he published his his composition at home here in 1730, I think, under the title of the New Garland to distinguish it from the earlier Wadding publication. So as far as we know, it was Father William Debricks who popularised the carol singing in the southern barnies of County Wexford. Christmas Day is come, let us prepare for the mirth, which fills the My first introduction to the carols was, oh, not too far off, 70 years ago now, listening to my father humming the carols round the fire at Christmas time, coming on to Christmas time he'd be. And my brother, when the two would get together, my brother worked away, like from home, and he'd often come home by Saturday night and the two would have a run over the carols. That was my first introduction to the carols. Then one a man, I forget now, a man died or he gave up or something, and my brother asked me if I'd sing. And my father had given up singing the carols the previous year, 1925. So I started to sing in 1926. He was singing for 50 years. He started in 1875. 
and uh, why my father was brought on, some of the old men were illiterate. But they knew the carol talk from cover to cover, but they used to get mixed up in the, the beginning of the verse. So he was able to start off the first line of the verse, and they carried on from there. The original church was probably up in another district called Grange, but there was some kind of chapel here. But in 1802, the people got together here under a man who knew about building, an architect, I suppose you would call him in those days, by the name of Day. The Days are still a family in this parish. He got uh, the men together and they built uh, a small chapel. And uh, that was the origin of the present church, which has been renovated and restored and refurbished now. Father Devereux's book, The New Garland, contained 13 carols to be sung during the 12 days of Christmas. Sadly, some of the carols are no longer sung and their airs have been lost. Here is the sixth carol, the song for St. John's Day. To together about a month before Christmas and just see everybody, well all the singers anyhow, some of them were singing maybe 40 years or close on it and we get together they all have the carols off by heart and uh, it's just a matter of singing, going together and getting the old voice in trim. Following tradition the carols are sung unaccompanied in unison and always by the same number of singers. Six. Six. Sing three and three. Uh, first verse, we start off the, the first verse, myself and my two companions, and then the other three then sing the second verse, and so on till we come to the last verse, and we all join in together on the last verse. Jack Devereux is the senior member of the choir. The other singers are Jack Busher, Liam Sheel, Johnny Devereux, Robbie Whelan and Paddy Busher. Around 1942, I started singing. Well, I learned them from my grandfather. Listened to him when we were young at home. You know, he'd be all the time singing and going over them. 
and my mother too used to sing, you know, in the house with my grandfather. She'd sing them. That's how we learned them. That's in our family, the Debrick's family. My mother was a Debrick. Well, Jack Debrick's the man that's leading on, just keeping his cars going. He's an uncle of mine. When I came back from England here 16 years ago and he asked me would I join with him, so I did. And I've been with him since. The carols start on the first mass on Christmas, yeah. And we sing each Sunday and our holy day up until 12th, which is 6th of January. Then, of course, we spend about a month before that practising, a couple of nights a week for a month before that, just to get the voices oiled up, you know. Jack Busher asked me, would I sing the carols this year because they were short? And I don't profess to be a great singer, but I, I couldn't refuse them because my father sang them and two of my uncles sang them. I wouldn't like to see it. The tradition dying out, you know, and I do my best if I can to keep it going. The ball was 1938, <coughs> I seen 1938 in uh, my uncle's place, my uncle Ben's place. In the 30s and all, there were great interest taken in the cars here. There used to be about three or four, like every year, like to try to get on the cars, that type, you know. So when my uncle fell out, I fell in. A lot of the young people like him. No, but you can't get no one to sing him. It's sad that it's bleak, I think. It's, it's sad that we'll fall through, like, because if you no one to sing him, no one to carry him on. Sure, we're all getting old now, aren't we? But in spite of all obstacles, the people of Kilmore have ensured the survival of the carols over the centuries. And this year was no exception when local man Robbie Whelan replaced an older singer who was retiring. During his years in Kilmore, Canon Gall has seen the carols overcome many similar problems. And in spite of the fact that sometimes they found it difficult to muster the men to sing these carols, yet I see myself within the last few years a resurgence of that interest in the carols and a determination by the people, not only the, by the singers, but by the people themselves, to keep these carols and have them sung at Christmas time. Oh, no. 
song for the holy innocents. In earlier times, the singing of the carols was widespread in South Wexford, with many parishes having their own singers. But midway through the last century, the tradition died out in all these parishes, except Kilmore. And at that time, they were sung in Our Lady's Island Parish, and in Tecumption, which is a curacy of Our Lady's Island, and in Ballamore Parish, and in Medlass, which is also the curacy of Ballamore, and in Kilmore here. I don't know for Mull Rankin, I can't say. That's another curacy of Kilmore. This church here in Kilmore, he wasn't built until 1875, and the carols were never sung there. They were sung here in the parish of Hangin. That's our next-door neighbours here, just a bit on the west side of us here, Rathangan Parish. Yes, it died out in all those places. I don't know really, uh, I can't give any explanation for that. And uh, there were a man, he was an inspector of schools in my young days, religious inspector, and um, he was a great historian too and interested in all things historical. So he got a card book down into Compton from a woman I forget her name now, but it belonged to James Ronan, an uncle of that woman, and James Ronan was the last of the Tecumption carol singers and had sung the carols in Tecumption in the year of um, 1860. The Wexford historian Edmund Hoare was particularly interested in the carols and their history and was to recall the words of a Wexford traveller who wrote in 1822, I have stood within many of the grandest cathedrals of Europe and under the dome of St. Peter's itself. But in none of them did I ever feel the soul-thrilling, rapturous sensation that I did as a boy, listening to six aged men on a frosty Christmas morning sing the carols beneath the low, straw-thatched little chapel of Rathangan. describe them as very, very traditional, but not in the sense of the traditional songs of the country. 
they have been adapted to the mood and the mannerisms of South County Wexford, which had a particular culture of its own. And it was out of that particular culture of the South County Wexford that these carols have become so popular amongst the people. An important part of that Wexford culture and an element in retaining the strange archaic words used in the carols is probably the fact that up to recent times South Wexford had its own dialect of Old English known as Yola, although none of the carols are sung in this idiom. In the Barnies of Forth and Bargy you have a dialect, or had a dialect. And there's a lot of the name, a lot of the words have remained in the, the speech of the Forth and Bargy people, but we wouldn't notice to some outsider come along who would notice the, the difference in the word. It's supposed to be Chaucer's 14th century English, due to the conservative nature of the, of the people of the Barnage, they never mix much with outside, the outside world and the, the language more or less dead static, where it's outside of the Barnage, the, the, the British language had been, you know, modernised like, but it's dead. As there's a story told of some man who was doing research or something and he came across here and uh, he got talking to a, a Protestant clergyman down in the Barney Fort, as we say, down Kilscorn or somewhere down there. And he he had a couple of men digging the garden, old men who were quite illiterate. Oh, to amuse himself and to keep an eye on the workmen, he brought out a copy of Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, written in 14th century English. And he was trying to to read it, and and suddenly the men were conversing in the old dialect, and it suddenly struck him that there were a great similarity between the words they were using and what he was trying to read in the, this book. So he called them over, and they could translate the whole thing for him, because they were speaking the very same language as the book was written in. Strange-sounding words from the Yola dialect can still be heard in the everyday speech of people in the Kilmore area, but its more general use died with the last generation. The next carol we'll hear is Song for New Year's Day. Father Joseph Ranson, a local priest who did considerable research on the carols, claimed that this song was originally composed by Luke Wadding, with the introduction... Composed for the solace of his friends and neighbours in their afflictions.
The carols are rarely sung in their entirety these days, and perhaps this is understandable, as the darkest midnight, for example, would require 27 minutes to sing all its 11 verses. So the first two or three verses of each song are all that are heard nowadays. One of the most striking carols is this next one, sung on the twelfth day, Song of Jerusalem. don't seem to have the same interest as the other people. Or maybe you're not one. I thought we were going to have a hell of a difficulty in, in replacing a man that left us last year, but we were delighted to find a young fellow here close by who was very, very interested. And perhaps there's others as well, but then God knows. He can and God is very interested and maybe he might be able to induce some of the lads to come ahead. He he had leaflets printed with the first couple of verses of the cards and had them distributed through the church. And uh, who knows, maybe things may not be as bad as we think. Canon Gall has indeed done valuable work in restoring the carols to the honoured position they held in earlier times in Kilmore. But being a Wexford man, he was aware of the important role these carols played in the traditions of the people. 
I was very much aware because County Wexford, especially South County Wexford, is aware of the tradition of carol singing in Our Lady's Island. Not modern carols or English carols, many of them very good, but of native carols here that were here from the time of the, the end of the 18th century. I was aware of them, and I was aware too that uh, the people had clung tenaciously to these carols, in spite of the fact that uh, in those early days, in the beginning of this century, they weren't very welcome. We were partly in the pale, and we were under the influence of the pale here in Ireland. And tra such traditional hymns and songs as that were not in favour. They were more the English carols. But these carols survived through that uh, period, and the people became more and more enamoured of them in such a way that even today they are very jealous of these carols, jealous in the sense of they cherish them very much and uh, they will always love to have them here at Christmas time. In the course of time, just the course of this century actually, some of our priests didn't tag on to these carols because they were strange and they weren't in the English tradition. They didn't banish them altogether, but they didn't favour the continuance of these odd songs during the Christmas time. But uh, when I came here, I recognised that they came down from a grand old tradition in the parish, and uh, I uh, made them acceptable again and brought the men up to the front of the church and encouraged the men to sing these songs. And uh, under that influence, they became very popular, and uh, the people are very jealous of them now. Well, of course, the older people loved the carols. They really loved them because I think they had more of an idea of what the carols were about because a lot of the older people, they remember some very, very hard times and uh, evictions and everything else. And uh, when they come to think about the carols, that when they were composed, there were no master, no priest to say mass and all this kind of thing. I think they realised the value of the carols. Because at one time, of course, I suppose it's... Or I hope I'm not being sacrilegious when I say that... Uh, there were uh, substitutes for masses. The only substitute, no, there's no substitute for masses, I suppose, but the carols were the only thing that the people had to remind them of Christmas or to remind them of anything in the religious field. So I think the old people understood that more so than the young people today. And I think, with very few exceptions, I don't think the young people would be that interested in them because... It's gone now with, you know, guitars and all this kind of thing. They don't go in so much for the old tradition, the real traditional thing. Now to control Yeah. Uh -huh.
second carol for the twelfth day, now to conclude our Christmas mirth. Father William Devereux, the originator of this unique carol tradition, died in Wexford on August 20th, 1771. The custom of singing these lovely old songs at Christmas time has survived for 250 years. Let us hope that a fine old tradition will continue and flourish. Not only am I hopeful, but I am very certain that these carols will never die. During the time that I've been here, there was questions sometimes of singers not turning up, and there was questions of trying to get other singers to come along. But as other singers have dropped out, some new singers have come along. Even this year, we have a young man who has come along, and he's very anxious to continue. And uh, not only am I certain, but I'm, I'm perfectly sure that these carols will never be allowed to lapse as long as men can sing and as men can have the uh, spirit of their forefathers in their hearts and minds. Carols are always sung in Kilmore, Churchill, and I'd say the majority of people wouldn't like to see them dying out. It would be a pity to see it fading away. My first real memory of the carols Sometime before 1919, the late Canon O'Gorman died in 1919, and he used to have Mass at 6 o'clock of a Christmas morning. And I remember my father taking me to Mass in Kilmore, and he left me sitting in the church. And I remember looking up and seeing the six men, and I said that to the lads often. That's what I'd like to be able to do again, to go back up to Kilmore of a Christmas morning and sit there and listen to six carol singers carrying on the custom. I think I'd die happy then. We'll sing and pray. 